your Locked On Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. On today's show, we're going to recap the Wild shootout loss to the San Jose Sharks from last night. We'll also play overreaction or not, taking a look at some of the big themes from last night's game and if there's something that the Wild need to keep an eye on going forward. Plus, we will also take a look at some other general Wild news and notes throughout uh, the course of the NHL in uh, gearing up for Game 2 of this series against the San Jose Sharks tomorrow. My name is Seth Topol. CEO and co-founder of MiniIce.com. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get right into it with a look at the Wilds' loss last night. They ended up losing by a score of 4-3 to three in a shootout. And honestly, the biggest takeaway that I have right off the top is uh, just some surprise that uh, the Wilds came out uh, as flat as they did, considering that they had... Uh, three days off. It was the first time, though, that they'd had three days off between games all season. So I suppose that was uh, a theme that we didn't really expect to see rear its ugly head. But Wild looked flat to start. And uh, despite looking flat, being outshot, they uh, they ended up with a 2-1 to one lead after the first period. Uh, the Wild came out in the second period, and for the first 10, maybe 12 minutes or so, uh, played very well, uh, one of their uh, their better recent road efforts, but uh, the Sharks ended up taking control the second half of the period to, uh, to tie the score at uh, 2-2. The Sharks then took the lead in the third period at 3-2 before the Wild get uh, the game-tying goal uh, from Kevin Fiala to make it 3-3. We had to overtime despite some chances down the stretch. Uh, nothing in overtime. And uh, more on overtime in a little bit. But uh, then we head to the shootout, and uh, I'll just run through the shootout for those that uh, that had issues like I did. My internet actually went out right as the shootout started. Uh, and I know uh, looking through Twitter, a lot of people had uh, issues uh, with various cable outlets as well. So uh, the shootout went like this. Kirill Kaprizov was first. He missed. Ryan Donato was denied by Cam Talbot. Then Kevin Fiala gave the Wild a 1-0 lead, scoring on Jones. Logan Couture tied it, scoring on Talbot. Then Matt Zuccarello gave the Wild a 2-1 lead, which uh, was short-lived because Kevin LeBanc, uh, LeBanc scored on Cam Talbot to make it 2-2. Then Marcus Johansson denied by Jones. Thomas Hurdle saved by Cam Talbot. Nick Bukestad missed. Evander Kane missed. Victor Rask denied by Jones, Brent Burns denied by Talbot, Erickson Eck denied by Jones, John Leonard misses the net, Ryan Hartman misses the net, and then Eric Carlson gets to within a few feet of Talbot and just unloads a slap shot right in his face, and uh, that ends up being the winner, 3-2. to two. Uh, It is uh, one of the longer shootouts the Wild have had in the last few years, but not the uh, longest they've ever had which uh, I believe was 11 shots. So some weird things with the shootout as well. And uh, just looking at uh, some of the numbers, Marcus Johansson with a couple of points. He had the opening goal of the game 
on uh, a nifty little spinorama that uh, that netted him his fourth goal of the season. Also had an assist on Kevin Fiala's game tying goal later. Um, assists to Fiala and Hartman on the first goal of the game. Nick Benino playing with the Jewel Erickson Eck Jordan Greenway line gets his fourth goal of the season on assists from Jewel Erickson Eck and Jordan Greenway. And then Kevin Fiala gets his 10th goal of the season, assisted by Marcus Johansson and Matt Dumba. So uh, that was your scoring in last night's game. Cam Talbot had uh, 36 saves on 39 shots. The Wild outshot 39-22. And uh, faceoff percentage, again, just a, a really concerning trend for this Wild team. Uh, the Sharks won 51%. Uh, 58% of the face-offs, uh, the Wild just 41.5%. So, uh, I mean, it is really difficult, and we'll talk more about this when we play uh, overreaction or not uh, here in uh, Segment 2 and into Segment 3, but it's just so hard to overcome those types of things. You know, when you're being outshot and you're not able to sustain pressure because you can't win face-offs, you have to play a just perfect, almost, style of hockey. And the Wild didn't do that last night, which uh, allowed the Sharks, who have been uh, floundering, forgive the pun, uh, they've been floundering over the last couple of weeks. And so the Wild, um, I saw on Twitter, I forget exactly who said it, but uh, the Wild seem to make games like this way more difficult than they need to be, and that's 100% accurate. And uh, that is what happened last night. You just have to play too perfect of a style of hockey if you can't win faceoffs and if you're getting outshot by the margin that the uh, the Wild have been over the uh, the past couple of games. So those are some of my initial takeaways from uh, last night's action. Uh, we'll talk more in depth about some of the things that we saw, including the uh, the faceoff issues and the shots as well. Uh, more of that coming up next. But first, I want to talk to you a little bit about rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. All at rockauto.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. Now we're going to take a look at overreaction or not. This is a little game that we'll play after Wild Games as a way to kind of react and try to weed out some things that we maybe should be concerned about and things that we don't necessarily need to be as uh, as worried about on a game-to-game basis. Because, you know, there's going to be a mix of both. There will be some things that happen with this wild team the rest of the way that uh, build up 
game by game. It's where we say, okay, this is a trend that they definitely need to uh, keep an eye on. And some things that, you know, maybe just can be chalked up to an off night for a particular player and uh, is not something we need to get uh, super bent out of shape about. So we'll start with Kevin Fiala. Fiala, I think, did not have a particularly good game last night. Yes, he did have the game-tying goal, and uh, he assisted on Marcus Johansson uh, getting the scoring started. But Fiala had a ton of bad passes uh, right at the top of the defensive zone that led to turnovers and shot opportunities for the Sharks. And so first we'll start with uh, overreaction or not. I'm going to say overreaction to uh, Fiala in terms of uh, this being a trend or something that we've seen from the uh, the last couple of games. As far as I can draw it up, Fiala is just a guy that is trying to do too much. Uh, these uh, wild lines have obviously been impacted by the loss of Marcus Foligno and uh, of Zach Parisi as well. And so with uh, jumbling the lines a little bit, uh, Fiala is just, he, he's just pressing a, a little too hard to, uh, to try to make some things happen. And uh, so as a result, uh, it, it's turning into a lot of turnovers and a lot of opportunities for the opposing team. If Fiala just kind of gets back to, to doing the things that make him such a good player, uh, he will you know, continue to, uh, to be one of the top options for this wild team. And having said that, uh, he still did have a goal last night and uh, assisted Marcus Johansson on the first goal of the game. So it's not like he did nothing to, uh, to contribute or that the only contributions he had to the game last night were negative. Uh, he did some, uh, some good things uh, despite just having some, uh, some head-scratcher moments uh, throughout the game, which, you know, it, it happens. We're, we're not going to super fault um, Fiala for trying to make uh, plays as this wild offense kind of uh, goes through some some growing pains here over the uh, the last couple of games. So next for overreaction or not, the wild faceoff winning percentage and uh, shot disparity that they have been dealing with over the uh, the last several games, and, and they've been dealing with it, to be honest, all season. This is not an overreaction. Uh, this is a trend that is simply not sustainable and is a credit to the fact that the Wild are where they are, 21-10-2, despite routinely being outshot. Uh, FSN noted in the broadcast last night that the Wild had been outshot in six consecutive games and were somehow 4-2. and two. Well, now they've been outshot in seven consecutive games, and uh, are four and three, uh, four, two, and one, I should say. But um, it, it's not like it's been by a little margin as well. Uh, Anthony LaPanta mentioned uh, during the game that the Wild were in the midst of, uh, and I forget the exact range that this stat was taken from, but they were in the midst of a 67 to 27 shot disparity, and they were on the wrong end of that. The 2-0 shutout win against the St. Louis Blues. The Wild were outshot 37-11. The Wild went almost half of the first period without recording a shot last night. And it speaks to this bigger issue that, uh, that is correlated to the, uh, the Wild's lack of opportunities over these, uh, these last handful of games and 
a, a trend that is starting to really rear its ugly head here this season is while they're just getting dominated in the faceoff circle, which speaks to the lack of true centers that this wild team has. So last night, looking at some of the uh, the faceoff win stats for uh, for last night's game, and uh, you had Ryan Hartman, one of those center spots. He won two faceoffs in nine attempts. Nick Benino won six out of nine, and. Uh, Luke Johnson won uh, one out of six. So uh, you've got guys kind of playing out of position a little bit, um, just trying to, you know, maximize this roster. Jewel Erickson-Eck um, won two out of three. He's playing, you know, he's one of the, I would say, true centers on this team. Um, and you look at uh, what happened uh, throughout the course of last night's game. I mean, Victor Rask did not play uh, a very good game really at all in any facet. Um, And it it just, the Wild don't have those impact centers that allow them to win faceoffs and by extension allow them to keep pressure in the offensive zone and generate shot attempts. You should not have Kirill Kaprizov with one shot on goal. He is too good to uh, go through an entire game with just one shot on goal, whereas you have a handful of players that uh, that had more shots than he did. I mean, Jared Spurgeon had three shots by himself. Kirill Kaprizov is, and this is something that we expected to see happen as the season has gone on as well is uh, Kirill Kaprizov is starting to draw a lot of attention from teams, and as a result, he is uh, is really trying to do uh, as much as he can to help this, uh, this offense, despite uh, some slumping performances by guys around him. So this is not an overreaction at all, and this is something that we're going to have to keep an eye on uh, throughout the rest of the season. And Bill Guerin has to majorly address the center position in the offseason. Now, there are a couple of guys in the pipeline that uh, will hopefully help with this, but uh, I would say center, just like last year, is the biggest source of need for this team heading into free agency, heading into the draft as well. So that's a little bit of reaction, overreaction. We will uh, we'll continue that in uh, segment three uh, coming up next. But first, I want to talk to you a little bit about betonline.ag. They are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NFL, not going on right now, but the NBA is in full swing. The NCAA tournament is uh, is reaching towards the finish line. You've also got the NHL going on, and Major League Baseball will be up soon. So plenty of opportunities to uh, throw a little dough. BetOnline.ag even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV for those people that aren't super sports fans. They offer real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So fire up that laptop or use your mobile device and head to BetOnline.ag today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline.ag 
your online sportsbook experts. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. But the question remains to be answered. Which flavor is the best Built Bar flavor? And we are out to find that out now with Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup features cookies and cream versus chocolate dough chunk. And if you want to view the entire bracket, you can go to BuiltBar.com to check out all of the flavorful four that remain heading into the championship. Make sure to check them out on Twitter as well, at Bar underscore Built. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insight, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. Continuing with overreaction or not here on the Locked On Wild podcast, and we talked at length about the uh, shot disparity and the face-off dilemma that the Wilds have been facing here over the uh, last couple of games. And uh, I want to key in on uh, one player that has, uh, has led to um, just some, uh, some slumping performances by members of this Wild team. That, of course, being Victor Rask. And Rask did not have a great game last night. And this is becoming a pattern that we have seen from Rask this season where he'll have a couple of really, really good games. And then he just kind of falls off the radar completely. And uh, this is something that I think is going to force Bill Guerin to make a decision as to uh, if Rask is part of this team's future or not. Yes, he has, uh, has had some chemistry with uh, Kirill Kaprizov and Mats Zuccarello to the point that Zuccarello and Kaprizov have basically been inseparable uh, since they started to really tear it up and since Zuccarello came back into the lineup. But at the same time, Rask has been kind of that, that third wheel on that line and really has not done much to produce um, while those two have been uh, been having some uh, some pretty great seasons. You look at his uh, last, basically in the month of March, he's got three points all the way through the month of March, um, and his last goal was on March 18th against the Avalanche. So he has five consecutive games uh, without a point, and uh, again, three points this month, and uh, that's, just, that's just not going to, uh, to get it done. Uh, for a guy who is supposed to be a complementary piece to that uh, Kaprizov and Zuccarello line. It's just, it's not working out, and I think it's to where Bill Guerin is going to have to make a decision, like I said, as to uh, if Rask is part of this team in the future, or if they go in a different direction to try to get a center to pair 
with those two. Or if they uh, opt to to give somebody like Marco Rossi a look or, uh, or somebody else uh, in the pipeline as well. Those are all options, and uh, you know Bill Guerin is weighing it heavily as to which route he needs to go uh, in order to, uh, to get some more consistent offense from that uh, Zuccarello-Kaprizov line. So that is uh, not an overreaction. Victor Rask's continued uh, Houdini act as part of this, uh, this wild lineup. Uh, another one from last night, Cam Talbot's performance, um, overreaction or not. I'm going to say not. Uh, I'm going to say overreaction. Talbot had been playing sensationally well. Uh, he had a 1.5 goals allowed average and uh, something like a 96% save percentage over his last six starts, which included that 5-1 uh, loss to the Avalanche. Um, as well. Uh, Talbot has been playing sensationally well, and uh, this is going to be something that we see from this wild team as long as this continues to be an issue, is goalies can only do so much. If they are asked to face a a large uh, volley of shots because the team in front of them can't win faceoffs, can't get the puck out of their defensive zone and uh, can't sustain pressure on the other ends, you are playing with fire to where a goalie can make, you know, a, a goalie will make a lot of the regular saves that are asked of them. It's when you give up a rebound and a second and third shot opportunity or even a fourth opportunity in one possession. That's where things start to kind of fall apart. And uh, that was kind of the story with Talbot last night is he had uh, one of the goals was a two-on-one in which he, uh, it looked like was going to be able to make the save, but uh, it just slid right underneath his, uh, his blocker. And as a result, um, the Sharks got the goal there. So we've been seeing just the sensational goaltending from this team for basically the entire season. And there are going to be games like this where the goalies just aren't aren't on their A game. It's to be expected. Everything just kind of averages out um, throughout the course of the season. And so these are the games that the Wild need to just kind of rise up and win because if their goalies aren't on their you know their absolute A game, then these are the ones that they're going to end up being on the wrong end of because uh, they just couldn't do enough. To, uh, to take control of the game. So that's that's kind of the story with what happened here uh, in last night's game. The Wilds will play the Sharks again on Wednesday night. And uh, with the upcoming back-to-back that the, uh, the Wild have this week, I would guess that uh, we will see Capo Kakinen in one of these games. The Wild play San Jose Wednesday night, then they play the Vegas Golden Knights Thursday and Saturday. So I would guess, I don't know if it will be Capo in uh, in Wednesday night's game. We'll, uh, of course, keep an eye on that. That may be one of the talkers that we, uh, we have on tomorrow's show. Um, or if Talbot will be given the opportunity to kind of shake that off and uh, and give it another go against the uh, the Sharks. We'll have to just wait and see. We'll uh, we'll read the tea leaves and uh, and comb through 
what uh, what we think will happen uh, for the uh, the Wilds in their second game against the San Jose Sharks. So that's uh, that's a little bit of reaction, overreaction. Again, we'll play that um, after every game as just a way to try to kind of sift through some things that we definitely need to keep an eye on, or things that we can um, things that we can just kind of throw out the window um, as just an off day for players, or just something that was kind of a fluke that uh, that happened in a single game instance. And uh, coming up, of course, on tomorrow's show, we'll preview heavily the uh, the second game against the San Jose Sharks. We'll also talk about just some general wild news that has come up over the uh, the last couple of days uh, with the uh, NCAA tournament, the Frozen Four sets. Uh, some interesting news regarding uh, wild prospect Matt Boldy. So we'll talk about that on tomorrow's show, as well as preview the uh, second game of the Sharks series. If you'd like to uh, to connect with me on Twitter, I uh, I am pretty active during games. Uh, so if you'd like to uh, if you'd like to interact with me outside the show, you can follow me at Seth Topes, and uh, you can also follow MiniIce.com at MiniIce and uh, the MiniIce podcast as well. Make sure to check out the Locked On Sharks podcast for uh, a little bit of a closer look at the Wild's next opponent, the San Jose Sharks. So make sure to check out Locked on Sharks as soon as it is available here today and tomorrow as well. That's it for this edition of Locked on Wild. Have a great rest of your day, Wild fans. We will see you tomorrow.